This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Yay! Okay, Jen, you want to do intros? Sure. Hello. So today we have one of our absolutely incredible clinicians, Lydia Lawson, and we are so, so excited to have her. Um, Welcome. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Thank you for you guys even letting me be here. I'm really excited. Uh, Letting you? We were like, Nikki, get Lydia on immediately. (laughs) Also, let us just say, you know, when we first met Lydia, we, the first thing we noticed is she has the most calming voice. Oh. (laughs) Just. You do. So unbelievably calming. It's like absolutely perfect for therapy. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> this is actually my voice. I don't have a therapy voice. It's just my voice. So, oh. yeah. Literally. I have to, like, literally adjust my voice in session to be like, oh, wow. Because I'm like, da 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 like, at all times. Also, someone wrote on our, uh, was it YouTube recently, <laughs> that Emily's voice made their ears bleed. Oh, wow. People are so rude. <laughs> Isn't that rough? Wasn't that rough? That, that was a, that hit that hit. Wait. And I'm just gonna say for the record, though, they would only say that about a woman. No man is like right. Like that's like an octane of like a woman's voice. They say we have vocal fry and everything. But that's interesting. We bring that up because Lydia, one of the reasons we had you on today was talk about your transition. We want to talk a little bit about business and corporate world, right? This is a specialization that you have. Tell us a little bit about the folks you work with, and then why that why you really come to love this population. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's really informed for my just my experience just in general. So I've been uh, I've done a tour de France. Let's say that <laughs> this is I would say my third career. I'm only 29. So most people are like, what the heck? Right. Um, so my transition. So, um, yeah, I always wanted to be a doctor. That was the plan. Um, for those that in the audience that are Nigerian, I think they understand. Um, so as Nigerians or even just foreigners in general, right? So I'm first generation Nigerian American. Um, when you come, really you can only be four things. Um, maybe it's five now. So the four things is a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, business, accountant, right? So that's the only things we're allowed to be. Oh, and a nurse too. Oh, okay, great. Wow, what, one extra. <laughs> So my parents, my parents are very open-minded. They didn't push me to be a doctor, but you know, my community, I do feel like I was informed by that. And I was always like, I want to be the best. So the best thing is to be a doctor. So yeah, I did that through college. I did all the things. I took the MCAT. I took all the classes, uh, studied a lot, all that sort of stuff. I gave up my life <laughs> and then get to the MCAT didn't do well. Um, and so I had like a, you know, moment crisis actually it was more of a crisis <laughs> in my senior year and I was like what the heck am I gonna do with my life like at this point I think I'm 22 and I'm like my whole life was planned to be a doctor I just need to get in but I knew I wasn't gonna get in with that score um and I know a lot of like a lot of my clients are like nurses they are doctors they're dentists like so they understand you know what it takes to get into that right so um I remember one of my friends uh she was a consultant so she was working for Bain and she was like, you know what, Tala? My name is Tala, by the way. That is my Nigerian name. I have an American name as well. Um, if you're lucky, <laughs> your parents will give you an American name so everybody doesn't screw it up. Um, but when I went to college, I decided that I would go back to my my Nigerian name. And so uh, Jen and Emily call me Tala. Everybody else calls me Tala. Those who are of endearment call me Tala. My clients call me Lydia. So yeah. So um, So she was just like, you know what? If you don't know what to do, just go into consulting. You figure you figure it out. So I found a consulting job. It was amazing, to be honest. It was a very, very good experience. I had an amazing, amazing boss. And I'm gonna shout her out because I always thought to myself, whenever like I'm on a platform, I will shout her out because she was an amazing manager. So she was very big on just like saying, like, what do you want to do? What are your what are your gifts? What are your values? And how can you add that to the team? So yeah, I did consulting for like two years. It wasn't for me. Um, I didn't really fit in with like the whole corporate uh, culture. Um, the culture at the company was good. Like, I think it was one of the best cultures to be fair, but I just wasn't, I'm, I'm not, I was in the front of a computer all day. I like talking to people. So that was always what, uh, <laughs> what my bosses were always like, you need to sit down and do your work. <laughs> I did my work, but you know, still I couldn't do what I really wanted to do. So I went to a, to a startup. I did that for some time. I didn't like that either. <laughs> I took a sabbatical. I was like, maybe medical school is for me. Maybe I need to go back. I took the MCAT again. I failed and I took, I got the same exact score. Isn't that crazy? Wild, wild. <laughs> Not even one point, like that is, that's insane. How does that even happen, right? The universe is like, no, no, it's no. like, no, no, <laughs> there's something else for you. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> so actually at that point, I think was really pivotal for me because I'd never gone through depression but I was very, very, very depressed mm -hmm. for about four months at the time. Thankfully, again, I had an amazing boss at the time and she was like, uh, you know, hey, if you ever wanna, I just reached out to her 
And I was like, I feel like I can come back. You know, I'd be good with the team. She's like, yeah, come back. So I came back <laughs> to consulting and I didn't like it again. I knew it from the first day. <laughs> um, I knew it from the first day. So at that point, then I was just like, I need to figure it out. And so I took like, this was 2019 now at this point. So I took some time to try to figure out like, okay, what do I want to do? You know, what is really calling me? But I do remember when I was taking the MCAT, the psychology portion, I spent a lot of time on and I loved that section. I actually scored the highest in that section. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe there's something about this psychology thing. And uh, here I am. Wow. I have to say something. The fact that you kept going back and trying, right? Like in this thing that you were like, listen, I'm really struggling in this and this is really hard for me. Um, and I don't really know what I want, but you kept giving it a shot. And I think that that's really, can be really challenging for people, right? Where I feel like if they um, aren't accomplishing something the first time that it's hard for them to go back. And so what allowed you to, to do that, to keep trying in that? Yeah, and I think that's a good question. I, I think I'm just naturally very tenacious. So, and also I knew the life that I wanted. Um, so I like money. I like to make money. So that's why I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> Let's say that, you know, um, so I wanted a nice life, right? So I'm thinking, okay, what are the things that I can do to, to get that? But then at the same time, I was like, I'm spending so much time at work, right? Mm-hmm. Work is a very big part of our lives. I think a lot of people are just, they're able to say that, mm, you know, I can just work and then I come home, but you're working 40 to 60 hours a week. That's, that's a lot, yeah. you know? So really it's you, you know? So I said to myself, I was like, well, I need to figure out, you know, I want to be able to live my life in a way that I love what I'm doing. When I wake up in the morning, I'm excited. And I knew that was out there because I, I'm an avid reader. I read a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, so yeah, I was like, there's so many people who are doing this. So how did they do that? So obviously I like stories. <laughs> I'm a therapist. <laughs> we do that all day, listen to people's stories and I love it. So I would just listen to people's stories. Um, one of the, the podcasts that I like listening to was How I Built This. Mm-hmm. So that is a podcast that just focuses on entrepreneurs and people also who have bigger like Chipotle, Apple, all those bigger um, companies, right? And just listening to how they started. So I was like, they figured it out. I am sure I will figure it out. I just have to keep trying. And so I think if you just keep trying, it's very hard, but you know, knock yourself down. You can stay there for a little bit, but just get up <laughs> and you'll yes. find what you're looking for. So I, I was hoping you could speak to this other thing that I think is very interesting is you talked about, right, like when you were in consulting, it's a great job. It's a great organization. You had this wonderful culture. You had this great manager. And for a lot of people, even if something is not their soul's passion that they don't love, they find it very difficult to leave an environment like that because it feels like they should love it, right? Like the socially celebrated job. You know, like I I get to work with this. I mean, Jen, in some ways you had this experience working in like luxury marketing where it's like, who would give up this amazing job? But sometimes it truly, (laughs) sometimes it truly doesn't make you happy. But I'm wondering what that was like for you, because I think a lot of people and I know we have so many questions from listeners today that we have to get to. But I'm wondering, how did you leave the safe thing, the celebrated thing to take a risk? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, it was super scary. Like, I'm like, I really want to acknowledge that because it's not like, oh my God, I, I can just like move and I'm, I'm fine. No, I had panic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was able to try it. So I'm very much of a person that like, I try things. 
you know, I try it, I dip my toe in the, the pond and I'm like, oh, do I like it? And then if I like it, then I'll go deeper, right? So I feel like for me, it was when I left my, um, cor- left my corporate position and I went to the startup. I had a very nice conversation with my boss. I know not everybody has bosses like that, but she was just like, I know this is not, you don't like this. You're doing well, but you don't like it. Right, right. So if you ever want to come back to the team, I was very sure about making sure that I left on a good note. Um, if you're, you know, if you want to come back to the team, you can. So that allowed me to like try something and mm-hmm. then I didn't like it as well. So then I just came back. So I think really what it is, is like a lot of people are very fearful, mm-hmm. you know, that is so, and I get that we all, obviously we, we have livings that we have to be able to provide for people. We have to provide for ourselves. And so that can be very scary, but, you know, I was just listening to a podcast on regret, um, by Brene Brown, um, and Daniel Pink on dare to lead. Honestly, you regret most of the shots you don't take. So, and I feel like the younger you are, even if you're old too, just take it. Like we only have one life. So YOLO, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I love it because Daniel's research was all about that the majority of people regret the things they didn't do, not the things they did. Exactly. Right. And that's really what the research indicates. And I think that that is right. Like, this thing what do you have to lose and it's and i think for so cyclical right because the fear of regretting something makes us not do it and then we end up regretting not doing it (laughs) such a cycle it's horrible really it's a rough one (laughs) but i think but i think you you really give such a good picture of it is okay to try something and see that it's not working for you and make a change and I think that that's a really important message because it's so much, what's that saying? I know that I'm going to botch this, but like the devil, you know, what's that? first the devil, you don't, right. Yeah. First the devil, mm-hmm. you don't, yeah. right. And that when you're in an environment, even if it's not working for you, it's something that you know, and something that you're comfortable with, but it's not necessarily fulfilling. And so I think that that's what's really hard a lot of the time is, well, at least I know this. And at least, you know, I know how this is going to go. I don't know. I don't know what the future would bring in a different environment. And so that's, I think that makes it really hard for people to make the jump. Um, but we have so many questions from listeners. We posted a few question boxes for you and oh my God, I've gotten an insane response. I mean, it's February. It's February. I think, you know, a lot of people at this point, they're like, you know, they want to leave in December. They're like, let me give it another, another try. They're like, nah, I don't like it. Yes. (laughs) I'm good. What do I do? (laughs) Okay. So are you ready? All right, let's do it. First question. Can you be burnt out from doing too little, like not enough of something that gives me purpose or fulfillment? I think that's a really good question. And I think right here, right, like so context is really important. So this is like my whole like biology side coming out. First, I feel like you have to assess some things, right? So one thing I would say is like, are you sleeping well? You know, are you eating well? Do you feel like, you know, you're being emotionally filled by the people in your life? And once those things are a bit or basically in order, then I would say, okay, let's start talking about fulfillment and purpose. So I love this topic. This is the main thing that I talk to about my clients. A lot of my clients who are like career changers or looking for what are their values? What are their purpose? That's, they come to me and I love to identify that, you know, help them to identify that. So what I would say is that, okay, so if those things are in order and, um, you're not being fulfilled, then I think, I think you need to start asking the question, like, what exactly is it that I love? You know, 
what exactly are like my passions. And also the job that you're doing right now, is it that you don't like any of the things? Because that's not always true. Most of the time, if you don't like any of the things you have left. So what are the mm. things that you do like, right? And then how can you start amplifying that more? So that would be my question to that person. Um, yeah. I love that. Ooh, that was so good. I love a I love a question response Me too. I like a question to a question. It's such a it's you such go a deeper. You it's also it's such a therapist such a therapist thing. It is. I'm sorry, I can't turn it off. <laughs> of course this girl wasn't supposed to be a consultant, man. <laughs> She's great at asking questions to questions. That's actually how you get into grad school is how do you answer questions, right? You don't. You just ask them another question. So (laughs) if anyone's applying to grad school to become a therapist, (laughs) that's the secret. Yep. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing – It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Um, okay. Another question. Being okay with just being okay. Want to just coast for a bit, but I feel guilty. Hmm. 
I think that's a good question. So, you know, I, I want to just say for context that like, uh, I might seem like I can ask all, answer all these questions. I have a, a document right here, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm looking over there, that's what I'm doing. But um, yeah, I think what it is, is like, you know, I think this is a really big question, you know, and I, I want to blame capitalism and Western mm -hmm. society that tells us that we have to be producing 24 seven, right? I don't think that is true. And I also think that's detrimental to the human body. <laughs> I really do. I think that's what adds to blood pressure, diabetes, like eating, overeating, all these different things um, and other things. So what I would say for that is like, how can you be more present? That's my question mm -hmm. to that person. Um, and what would it be like, you know, to be more present? What would that feel like to you? Um, most of the time, like, you know, when you're feeling guilty, like anxiety also comes, you know, with that. And what I say to people who are anxious is like, we're either too much in the, in the past, right. Or we're too much in the future. Mm -hmm. We're worrying about what's going to happen or we are regretting what we didn't do. So being able to be present, that's really what helps you, you know, to just be okay. Like enjoying your cup of coffee, enjoying your chai latte. You're going back into the office, enjoying your ride. To the office enjoying like sitting with your kids you know even though they're being bratty <laughs> you know just enjoying the moment and I think that allows you to be more okay you know with not grinding just enjoying your life mm -hmm. like you know I think most of us we have something that we like about our lives right well one of the reasons I also feel very obsessed with you, you know, we love you so much. We are so happy that you uh, work with us and one of our amazing colleagues. Because one of the things that you're really great at is that you're a very hard worker and you're a very good vacationer. Oh, yeah, the best. You, you can, <laughs> right? But also then we're like having a company party and you're like, hey, I want to talk about getting more intakes, right? So like you, you're very good at taking an opportunity when you have it and also very good at turning it off and taking care of yourself. And honestly, for a lot of people, that's a learn skill that is not something that doesn't come naturally because of this unbelievable hustle culture so many people are obsessed with and you are very good at vacationing so and I good think at that's vacationing. An like that's such an attribute yeah I mean I learned that when I was a consultant right so like I again I didn't like it so I would just like go away and then I would turn off so that was one of the great things about like my company they're not sending emails when we go on vacation we're on vacation like that's mm -hmm. it there's no emails, you don't have to worry about anything so I can unplug completely. So I took that here to, you know, just like the therapy world, being a therapist, you need that even more. I don't only wanna say that for therapists, I also wanna say that for anyone who gives in their mm -hmm. job. So you're, you know, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're, you're a manager, you know, anyone who is giving to other people and that is your job, you definitely need time to yourself. You need vacation, you need self-care. So self-care for me is absolutely a vacation. I love unplugging. And that, that means that I'm that much better to the people that I serve. So mm. it's so important to do that. You're, well, you're speaking our language and. Yes. And then we have a great next question. Like, Let's this, talk about that. The segue into the next question was just so beautiful. So someone wrote in, how can you create boundaries to prevent burnout when those around you aren't doing the same? My colleagues are sending emails and calling me at crazy hours. I have a hard time setting that boundary to have a healthy work-life balance when it seems that those aren't around me aren't doing the same. Oh, yes. That's a good question. I love that question, which is why I highlighted it. Thank you whoever <laughs> sent in that question. So I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? And I think what it is, is the fear of being different amongst your colleagues. 
But I want to say to you, and I always say this, because I was always that student that raised my hand first, that asked first. And then all my friends would be like, thanks for asking that, because like I was waiting <laughs> for somebody to ask that. I just didn't want to be the one. So sometimes you do have to be the first one to do it. And I want to take a, you know, like I said, guys, I like to read. So I want to take like a tip from Tim Ferriss. And he wrote this in the four hour work week favorite book. I'm going to send that as a resource to Jen and Emily for the readers. Um, send an email. Okay. Um, set an email reminder. I think one of the great things that iPhone just did is that we have like work mode, do not disturb. There's, um, you know, a sleep mode. And what it does is that, you know, to people who are trying to text you or call you at night, it says a notification that this person doesn't have their notifications on. You can bring that into the workplace. You can set your email to say, hey, I'm not at my desk right now, okay? I'm with my family. I'm just enjoying my time from, from unplugging. If this is an emergency, you can absolutely call me. But if not, just wait for me. I will answer yeah. when in the morning, okay? Have a beautiful and restful night what that's saying is you're setting a boundary you're not saying i'm not reachable if it's if it's an emergency you can absolutely get in contact with me but you're letting that person know that i'm not here and you shouldn't be either <laughs> like why, why are you sending emails at 10 p.m <laughs> like go to sleep enjoy yourself go watch like your favorite show you know <laughs> so you're giving other people permission to do it because you have given yourself permission to do it Absolutely. Mm. And you know, it's, it's, it, I feel like very much aligns with what you were saying about if you're giving to others, which I think in most careers, we are in some way giving to someone else that to be able to boundary off that time allows you to be more fully present when you are in that space. And it is, Emily always says with the new iPhone update, what does it say when you try to reach me and my phone's on do oh, not disturb? Uh, so Jen's, Jen's always, it, wait, it says like, um, like received quietly. Or like if softly or if something. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so lovely. It's it just is. like, I'm just going to give a gentle nudge. Like, no, no, no worries. And I think it's the cutest Apple update they've ever done. It is. I love that. I love it. I love it so much. We all need that. We need that in our, yes. in our waking lives. Well, and I think it's I think it's so important also that you're sitting here normalizing this because it might be something and I like that you said also you're choosing to do something different. And in some ways, choosing to rest and not be part of hustle culture is choosing to be part of counterculture, right? Like it, it's true. Like people get frustrated, especially those who don't have boundaries. They get annoyed when you have them. So I think it's so important the way you're saying this and the fact that you don't just talk it, you model it. Right, because it's easy to say this shit. It's way harder to implement, and you make a real difference when you actually model it and can be like, "Listen, I've actually done this, and it works." It does, and you know, when I read that in um, Tim Ferriss's book, he said that he started to do that because he was just trying to not look at all these emails. He was getting up just a bunch of emails, and he said that no one calls him. <laughs> like, so obviously, all this stuff can wait. You know, he would hardly get any calls. He would say like in a year, maybe I'd get three or four calls. So what does that say? Most things can wait. Mm. And I feel like hu hustle culture in general makes us feel like if we're getting an email, that it must be urgent, right? That we don't take the time to think about, is this, I'm sorry, my cat's going to light himself on fire. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Um, and so, you know, I think that when we get these emails or text, we're so used to being so immediately available because of text messaging, because of technology and how quickly we can get to people that when someone is emailing us or texting us about something, our immediate response is, oh, I have to get back to this immediately. And so 
to take the time to sit with yourself and say, listen, just because this is coming through right now or someone is sending me an email doesn't necessarily mean I'm required to be available at all times. And so to check with yourself, like, do my values align with the way in which I'm reacting to getting these emails or these text text messages? Absolutely. And I want to say one thing as well to something you said, just a buttress. <laughs> I think that um, that's probably making more people anxious in our society. Like this whole, like, just always being, having access, you know, to everyone at all times in work, in life, it's too much. Like we need to be able to unplug from anything. Like you want to read a book, you know, you just want to sit down and do nothing. Like, I don't want access. Like there's some days that I'm just like, I put my phone on do not disturb and I'll get to you when I get to you. I'm here. I love you. All of that. But I need that for myself. I need my time. And that helps me honestly, even with my own anxiety, just because we're therapists doesn't mean that we don't have anxiety. Right. So that helps me to relax. It helps me to like bring the pressure down, you know, and a lot of us, I think we need that. Absolutely. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization 
location. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. You made a really good comment about like the cultural component of this, right? Like in a lot of ways, this is really, really big in Western society and capitalistic society. Do you think being, how do you think that like being first generation has led into being able to like have these better boundaries? Like, has there been anything for you that comes up for that? This is counterculture. No, this is counter to, (laughs) no, 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 no. This is no, no, no. We, the first generation immigrants, we like to work. You know, when we come here, right? So, like my parents, I there was a, like my parents. One, they are very, very hard workers, which is why I'm a hard worker because that was modeled for me, right? So, it's it's very counterculture. All the things going into therapy, all this sort of stuff, like you know, having balance, like talking about my anxiety, all these sort of stuff. It is very counterculture. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> and yeah, no. But I, I do think it's even more important though for first generation immigrants though, you know, and their children. So second generation immigrants as well, because you know, we need to be able to relax. I know a lot of our parents, we saw them hustle and they hustled for us, right? Because when you first come here, you don't have any, there's no foundation. There's nothing, there's nothing in the ground for us. There's no houses, there's none of that. So you're building, right? So that your children can have access to a good place for education, live in a good neighborhood right? Be able to go to college, all these different things. So you have to grind to be able to get that for your children. Mm-hmm. So your children see that. And being then for me, like my parents did that, I'm so grateful, you know, that I have the choice now. So I have the choice that I don't have to grind. Yes, I want to be hardworking, but I can also implement boundaries now because of the fact that now we have a beautiful home in a nice area, right? I've gone to college. So there's different, this is this is where like, you know, I have access to different things now. So I want to also just say that as well, the privilege mm-hmm. that comes with that. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned something that it sparked uh, thought in my mind that I think um, uh, hustle culture also bleeds into our ability to relax. Like sometimes we'll say, well, I have to relax in this perfect way, or I have to make sure there's, there's so much pressure on relaxing too, where it feels like, oh, I have to, I only have this time. So I have to make sure I do this perfectly. And which is very, um, you know, contradictory to what we're trying to do when we put that level of pressure on ourselves to relax in those moments. I've just talked to so many clients about that, how there's, you know, if you look at Instagram or social media and how they're saying self-care, this is what this looks like. Oh, I have to do this self-care in this very specific, perfect way in order to relax, as opposed to listening to yourself and saying, well, what works for me in this instance? Yeah. And I think it's, I want to pull out something you said about perfectionism, right? Because this hustle culture, like, it also makes you want to be perfect. You feel like you have to be perfect all the time. And I always say this, say this to my clients, you can't, there's no way to just contain that only in work that will bleed into the different parts of your life. So being able to address that perfectionism, like, and also knowing that I don't have to be perfect, you know, to be, I'm a human being, right? 
And I have value, whether I'm perfect or I'm not, as long as you're trying your best, that is okay. And that is fine. You know, so I think that's what I speak to a lot of my clients about as well, that like, that's enough. Mm. You know, it's enough. You don't have to be perfect with all things. And that helps to push the pressure off. And that helps to lessen your anxiety that helps to relax. So all the things. Absolutely. All right. Next question. You ready for it? How to start the process of a career change. For example, going back to college for a new field with no experience and no applicable references. Yeah, I love this question because I've done it so many times. (laughs) (laughs) These masters, all this. Um, All right. So um, I think the biggest thing is in the mind. So it's really getting over the fear. So the fear of failure, right? The fear of change, the fear of like, am I enough? You know, and once you're able to really grapple with that, and I'm not saying that you have to get over it. I'm just saying you have to be able to grapple with it and be like, it's there, but I can still move with it, right? I can still, even though I have fear, I can still move. Um, So we're talking to people who don't have experience, right? And they don't have any applicable references. What I would say is to go to the admissions. Um, you know, admissions, they usually have some sort of a day that they talk about that program. And I would speak with the admissions officers. They want to help you and they want your money. <laughs> so they want you to come. <laughs> so they are at your service. They are like a concierge, basically. <laughs> so, um, you know, they love prospective students. So asking them, like, what is what is a good candidate to you guys? Like, what are the different things that a good candidate has when you look at an application. And if you can't answer that, can you direct me as someone who does, right? Mm. And once you do, then you can look at your resume. You can look at your experiences and see what aligns. You don't necessarily have to have the exact experience. You just have to have transferable skills, right? And be able to talk about your experiences in a way that they understand. And they see that, okay, like this person is very enthusiastic. They're excited. They know why they want to do this. So let's say, for example, you don't have any at all still. I would say you can volunteer. You know, there's different organizations that you can volunteer at where you can show leadership experience and you can get leadership experience. Also at your work, I am pretty sure your boss would love more leaders. (laughs) Wants, you know, someone to step up and lead something. That's something that you can speak about on your resume, put on your resume. It doesn't have to be for a long time. You just have to be able to speak to an experience. Experience is key mm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I would say. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Right, in t- right to the really point. Good, a really good way to stand apart is to let your bosses know you'd like to set up a, a, a tropical retreat for um, all the therapists. And I'm going to be honest, that's a really great fucking way to stand <laughs> out. Something you may have recently done that I'm sold on. I was sold from the first line of the email. When someone, I, I mean, and I think that speaks to our hustle culture that we won't take a vacation <laughs> unless it's related to work. Something right, we might... We, but we might have you, to check in but, with ourselves I, about that. But I mean, like, I'm just taking like for the intensive, like the modeling, right? Like you did it in a really, really well way, right? You sent us this email and you said, hey, this is something I've done before. I think we could do it here. Here's my ideas. And like, it was something I've never done that before, right? If you had come to me with just that idea, I would have felt overwhelmed by that. But the way that you did it was I've done this before. I'd like to be involved in doing this. I could help you figure out how to do this. That to me is like, fuck Yeah. Like, like, come in, do this with me, come to our level. And that's also a really great way to grow in a corporation. Yes. Put yourself out there. 
you have you have no idea like for the majority of us that run organizations we want other people up there with us they want people we want leaders right so like i think it was a really good idea and that's why i want to talk about like you do not just like say a bunch of shit you practice everything absolutely. you preach absolutely and <laughs> and there's something i think so you know as emily and i run the practice like there's something that is so uh, really pulls us into someone when they say like this is a skill that I'm really good at and I want to be able to show that to you because we don't have all of those skills we're only human and so it's so helpful for us to have so many different clinicians who have all of these skills to be able to help and grow with and so we love that we are so attracted to that and we also are so attracted to the idea of going on vacation <laughs> Yeah, and I was also texting Jen yeah. on my way. I was going to say that. <laughs> and I was like, this is a good idea. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, it is a good idea. It was, like, it was like, absolutely phenomenal idea. I was like, can you take me with you on your vacation? If not, let's set up a retreat. <laughs> really into okay. that. So this is a really good question that I love, and I'm really excited to hear your answer to it. I'm considering leaving my job because I'm burnt out. But what if I'm just as burnt out at the next job? Is it me? Yeah, I like that question a lot. And this goes back to me. So I always think about doing things in steps. Um, I'm risk averse. That's just how I am (laughs) for now. Um, I think maybe I could change, who knows? But um, this is what I say. Um, I always say, you know, if you're scared about something, put your toe in the pond. And so what I would say with this person is to take a vacation, an extended vacation, one week to two weeks. And that vacation is not about like, I'm doing all these things. That vacation I think should be focused on rest and the things that bring you joy. So for some people that's just staying at home and they're just watching Netflix, (laughs) they're, they're catching up on all their shows, they're eating, they're just having a good time, you know? For some people, that's like, they want to travel, they want to go somewhere, you know, they want to bring a significant other, they want to go with their friends, you know, they want to go alone. Um, So whatever brings you joy, focus on that. And then see how you feel. Because a lot of people, I feel like they just have never taken vacations. It's actually weird to me. So my parents are actually British, right? Nigerian, British, and then they came here. So in um, Europe, right, average vacation is four weeks six weeks my six weeks eight weeks what is going on america please joe biden i don't know who, who to talk to kamala we need to get it together because two weeks of vacation are like 10 days that's insane that is insane so i know some people are like i don't have any vacation i don't have any vacation well maybe Maybe taking, um, looking at a holiday where you can take vacations off around that, you know, some holidays that are coming up, Memorial Day, we get Monday off. Actually, also President's Day, we get also Monday off, taking that Friday, that Thursday, Wednesday off. So you have extra, you have a buffer. So you have three extra days, that's six days, right? If you don't have vacation and seeing how you feel, really, because at the end of that, some people will say, I'm actually okay. You know, I'm. I am feeling energized again. I can come back now and I feel good. Please unplug from your job too. Don't be answering emails and stuff if you don't have to. Um, Some people might be like, no, actually, I'm still burnt out. I'm not excited to come back. 
And that's when you need to be asking harder questions now. Maybe the job isn't for you. Maybe you can take medical leave. We have FMLA. Some, some jobs have FMLA where you can take medical leave. Yeah, because you're, you are burnt out. One of my clients did that. Um, she took that and that's her right. She pays for that, you know, if you're feeling burnt out. So you can do that. Um, you can take unpaid leave. You know, I've done that before as well. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of all of that, at the end of that rope, <laughs> if you're done, then leave the job <laughs> and look for another job. So yeah, that's what I would say. What are your thoughts about the part of saying, is it me? Like, could we have a part in being in this, you know, like, it, like this is a systemic problem, right? Like you just talked about a really, on a, on a larger scale, this is a societal issue of one, what are our rights as workers and employees? What kind of, right? Like all of these different things. But is there a part that we all are doing as well? I'm drawing a blank. I don't okay. know what, how you could. What, what exactly, you know, I think it's good to be intuitive and to like be self-reflective to say like, is it me? But then also like for me, like if I was seeing that client and I'm with them, I'm, I'm wondering about shame. Like what's the shame mm. there? Like, is there guilt there? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want to, to ask. But that person is not here, so I can't ask them, but <laughs> that has given me a clue to say, is there shame or guilt there? That's that's the mm. tough thing about podcasts is that you want to ask these people <laughs> so many more questions, right? Like I need to deep dive. Also, this is, I know I'm backtracking a little bit, but I'm a huge fan of a siesta and I think we should implement that as well, like a midday nap, you know, where everything closes down for two hours and everyone rests, get coffee, tea, whatever big fan of that if anyone's listening and can make that change if anyone knows joe biden if anyone knows robinette can we can we get it in love a siesta (laughs) you know a lot of companies do that already though you know know, silicon valley all those i mean i heard my one of my friends they work at apple and they have like a little like pod you know where they can sleep at so the tech Mm -hmm. companies they, they understand that they have that I I implement that myself because I can you know as a therapist yes. mm-hmm. and it's great I feel so much more energized for than my evening clients so so necessary midday now so well speaking of that speaking as working from home working remotely which um you often do right how do you leave work at work when working remotely yeah, I think that's a good question. I think for, for um, me, I think I, I have like a separate place for where I work. So this is my office, right? Um, so I think that's helpful. Just going from your bed and then going somewhere else. Don't, I mean, sometimes you just want to work on your bed, but not working on your bed, like leaving like your bed for bed things, right? <laughs> and your work area mm-hmm. for work things. Um, I think there's a a very big thing about just transitioning to a new space. It might sound very simple or like, like what's the, like it's a no brainer, but it really is changing your space, changing your environment if you can. Even if you have a studio, um, there are dividers, like wall dividers that you can like pull in and you can just like draw just so it feels like, oh, I'm in work. I'm in work space, you know? So that's what I would say with that, being able to leave work at work. And then going back to that boundaries question that we want, that we talked about earlier. Love it. Love it. These are so good. This is gold. (laughs) How to recover from toxic work environments, knowing your monetary value. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good question. Um, So I think when you're in a toxic work environment, the first, one of the first things that depletes is your confidence. Um, 
and I'm sorry to the people who, you know, have gone through toxic work environments. I have, and it's, it's very hard um, to rebuild that confidence, rebuild confidence in your competence, right? So that's what I would say, like the first thing to, to do is like focusing on that. If you have access to a therapist, like working on that, bringing that up with them. Um, and then also identifying your values. I am a very, very big values person. Um, I think when you know your values, you know what you're good at. You don't focus on the things you're bad at. We all have that, right? We're not perfect. You really shine. So taking the time when you're not in that environment any longer to focus on what are the things that I'm very good at. I have one, and everybody has one, two, three things that they're very good at. It can be something as simple as I'm just very organized. I'm good at organizing things for people. You know, I'm good with speaking up. I'm good with giving presentations. I'm good with identifying good things in people. Those are very good things for team environments. Everything's about teams nowadays, right? Um, so identifying what are your values, and that is where you draw your confidence. When you know what your value is, you know what you're good at. You're like, okay, I can focus on this. I can make this very good. This is my niche. And then you shine because you're not like everybody. You don't compare yourself to other people anymore because you're like, yeah, I'm not good at that, you know, but I'm good at these. I'm really good at these. And then that is very easy to talk to the next employer about that I'm very, very good at these things. Mm. Okay, I have a final question for you and then we have to do our calling bullshit segment that we do, right? So our last question, because I, I want this one to be, I know there were so many we didn't get to, like, you know, 50 more that there is. But I want this to be the last one because I think you're amazing at this in your lived experience and in your professional experience giving this advice. So... I'm interested in management and moving up, but it seems the only way to do that is by the grind and hustle culture, but I'm starting to burn out. How can I work hard and stand out in order to move up and get promoted without killing myself in the process? Yeah. So the last question was an absolute great segue into this, <laughs> which is identifying your values and what you're good at. Um, I think there's a lot of jobs, right? It's like, it's like basic, like I'm a consultant I, and there's so many people who do your same position, right? So it's very easy to be like, I have to be good at all these different things. That's not true. You have to be competent at those things. Be okay at those things. You don't wanna fail because then they're gonna be like, oh, you're not doing good, but be good at those things, right? Be okay at those things. But the things that are you, you like, right? And you really love, focus on those. Focus on the things that are just naturally, you're naturally good at and make you shine. Right. And then you can also you can present that to your um, your bosses or management so you can look out for where you can shine. So I'll give an example. <clears throat> I've always loved um, public speaking. Here we are. You know, <laughs> I've always liked talking to people. I do that for a living. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm good at Excel. I'm all right. I'm not good. I'm all right. All Excel right? is rough. <laughs> Let me just say. I'm all right. You know, <laughs> I'm all right. You know, I can see big picture things. I'm not the best at seeing like nitty gritty things, but I can see the big picture. Right. So I found a job that, that my strengths love, but my strengths are very, like it highlights my strengths and it helps me to move forward and progress in that. So if you're in a, you're in like, you know, you're trying to look for a management position, I would say do the same thing. Focus on what are your values, right? Focus on what you're good at, right? Amplify those things. Look for places or positions or moments where you can actually have that to shine and lead those things well, right? 
and then have a talk with your boss and say, what'd you think? You know, I really enjoyed that. That was amazing. You know, and thank you so much for the opportunity. And then that's how they, that's how you start to shine. And honestly, they'll come to you. You only have to worry about like, am I moving up? You're going to move up. <laughs> like, yeah. You will. yeah. Well, if you're wondering from us, 10 out of 10, anytime you're welcome back on, this is what you were meant Incredible. to do. But <laughs> you like, yeah, we're doing part two. So many deep questions. Dive. Yes. Okay. But now we got to call out some bullshit. So every guest that comes on, we ask them to call out some bullshit. Let's dispel some myths. What do you got for us today? I love it. I love it. So I think the first thing that I think is bullshit um, is the, this idea that we have to know what we have to, what we want to do with our lives at 18. Um, I, love I think that everybody one. who is listening to this, if you're not 18 years old, even if you're 19, you're like, I'm a very different person than who I was when I was 18. I think that's insane. I think mm -hmm. that's crazy. I don't know why we do that in this country. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why that is the culture. Mm -hmm. In other countries, you know, in Europe, they take gap years. Um, they, um, they do a lot of like, you know, shadowing and figuring out if that's what you want. Experience is the best teacher. My dad always says that. He's been said that to me since I was little. I do believe that. I think you have to be in the position and see, like, when you're looking around and you're like, all right, I'm feeling this or no, I'm not, I like this, but I don't like this, right? Um, to be able to determine that. So I think that, yeah, I think that's BS. <laughs> and I think that goes into my second point that do not be afraid to pivot. Mm. You can always pivot. You always have the choice to pivot. If you don't feel like you have the permission to do so, I hope you feel it now. <laughs> this is the permission. If you, if you, I mean, if you care about little old me, right. I mean, I'm telling you, you have the permission to pivot. Like, and it's okay if you fail. That's life. We all fail, right? But we get back up, and we learn the things that worked, and we learn the things that didn't, and then we're much better people because of that. So, those are my two points. Amazing! Oh my God, this was incredible. So for all the people listening that said, oh, shit, I need an appointment. I got to work with her. How can people find you? How can they connect with you and hear more about how awesome you are? Yeah. So I'm on our website, right, at thetherapygroup.com. So you can definitely contact me there. Um, I'm at Lydia at thetherapygroup.com as well. Um, yeah. And you can find all my information on that, my work number, my email, and I will be happy to connect. I'm always ready to connect with different people. The best. <laughs> You're and all of those amazing, all those amazing content forwards will be noted on um, all of the notes for today's episode and all of our social media, including your book recommendations and any resources you have for our listeners. We can't thank you enough for being here today. We're doing part two. Have You're to. amazing. We love you. I, I know our listeners are going to love you today. If you enjoyed this episode today, hey, send it on out to a friend. We always ask you to rate, review, and subscribe. It's a five stars. If you hated it, go away. Um, follow on Apple Podcasts. Rate us now on Spotify. Um, thank you for being here. We will see you next week. And don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. we we'll see you next week, everyone. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. 
Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts? We're gonna uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.